This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. 75 yards by Monty Williams. Uh, I always do that. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. For Sharon. Dylan Larkin near side. Left for him. Larkin gets the speed going. Back pass keep. Perry scores! What a setup! What a goal! Showtime! 2 1! Red Wings win! Waving to the crowd like, come on, come on, come on. Enjoy it. Make it work. Let's go Red Wings. What a win last night for the Wings. If if you've been bummed out, if you haven't had any sports to watch, if you're still sad about the Lions, have no fear. The Red Wings are back. This is no longer a team that's a fringe playoff team, a team that we hope can sneak in. This is a team with expectation. This is a team we should expect to be in the playoffs. This right here, the 2023-24 Red Wings, it's a turning point for this franchise. They've officially taken the baton from the Lions in terms of what is entertaining us, what is bringing us together in the state of Michigan for Detroit and Michigan sports. Hell, they've got a chance to go take that number one spot. I doubt they do it because everybody loves the Lions so much. But what the Wings are doing is incredible. They are unifying everyone. And we should expect this team to be in the playoffs come April. Odds would agree. Minus 225. We welcome you into the payoff. Fueled by Forward Energy, Ben Bosher here in the Blazy Electra studio for 100.9. The mate, we got a lot of great stuff planned out. Friday, fun day. Let's have some fun. Let's start things off with the Red Wing conversation. This one's for the hockey people out there. We deprived this team while the Lions were cooking. We had more things to complain about for the Pistons and stuff to talk about with the Wings. That's no longer the case because last night I'm done with the Pistons. (laughs) More on that later. Uh, But why this team is different than last year's team I think has a few different reasons. And Patrick Kane still being that dude is first and foremost. There was a lot of question whether or not Patrick Kane could still perform at an elite level coming off a season last year where it was so-so, the Rangers fans didn't love it, had the hip surgery, shaved a bone in his hip. And there was question whether or not this guy could play hockey at an elite level again, whether or not this guy could make a positive impact. It's not like he's 107 years old. He's 35. And let me tell you, he's making an impact. 10 goals, 14 assists on the season. Well, if you just look at that straight up and compared to last year, 
when he played with Chicago and New York. He had 21 goals, 36 assists. So on the surface, okay, maybe he produced a little bit more last year, but let's look at the per game. On a per game basis, last season, Patrick Kane, 0.78 points per game. This season, it's just a tick under one, 0.96. Every time he plays, he's essentially earning a point. Showtime is always showtime. Legends are always legends, and greatness will shine through those players. Last night, Patrick Kane, you heard it at the top of the show. Game-winning goal in overtime. That is his third game-winning goal of the season. Stars shine, ladies and gentlemen, and Patrick Kane is certainly still a star. But he did say something last night after the game that had me wondering if I should start thinking about this team differently. Just to kind of put ourselves into a position where um, we feel like we can make a run to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I've said this before. I think there's it's a group in here that can uh, win a seven-game series against anyone. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of potential, a lot of depth. I think that's what we had on, on teams when we won in Chicago, a lot of depth. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. The thing I think is the most interesting, though, is when he said, we can beat anyone in a seven-game series. Hmm. Okay, all, we all know this. All you have to do is make the playoffs, especially in this sport. You just have to make the bracket, be still alive in April, and everybody's got a chance. Ask the Florida Panthers last season, who made it to the Stanley Cup Finals as a wild card. If you catch the Red Wings on one of those nights... I don't care if you're in the bottom of the standings or you're the best team in the NHL. You got to be scared of the wings. This is not a team you want to see when the sticks are humming. And boy, let me tell you, they hum. 17 games with five goals. That's the second most in the NHL. And the big concern with this team through the first chunk of the year was defense. They were winning a lot of games with a score of 5-4, to 6-5. to five. I think there was even a 7-5 to five in there. The point was they couldn't get stops. Nobody trusted the goalies. Nobody knew who Alex Lyon was. And the, the reserve defensive guys on this team just simply weren't getting it done. Well, let's look at the past sample size since January 1st. Seems to be a good turning point in the season, right? Brand new calendar year. Brand new Red Wings. Since the 1st, the Red Wings have allowed the 8th least amount of goals in the entire league. So the offense has been humming all season long. That's not going anywhere. The defense is playing top 10 as of late. And that's a pretty big sample size. We're almost through two months of them playing top 10 hockey on both sides of the, uh, of the ice. So it brings me to the question. Where is your confidence meter at with this team? I'll give you four options. Red. You're, feel, you're fearful they're going to blow this thing. As it stands right now, the Red Wings hold the first wildcard spot in the East with 66 points. Tampa has 65. They have a six-point cushion over the Capitals, Devils, and Islanders for a wildcard spot. Red is you think they're going to blow it. Yellow, they'll make it, but that's about it. No expectations beyond that. There's a lot more better teams in the NHL. Green, you think this team can win a playoff series. And then you have option B, uh, option four. 
full-on Patrick Kane. Well, we've got a chance to bring Stanley Cup number 12 to Motown. Where are you at? Red, yellow, green, or full Patrick Kane? 989-837-6125. You guys can chime into the Frick Sports Bar text line at any point throughout the show. You know what? I'm going to do something new today, Ben. Ben Clevenger, my producer. Shout out to him. I'm going to rename this thing. Not the entire thing, but I'm no longer calling them texts. They're mint messages. How about that? Use the Frick Sports Bar text line 989-837-6125 to send in a mint message, or you guys can leave a voicemail. We'll play those too. I want to go back to something else Patrick Kane said before I answer the question of where my confidence meter is at, because I need the hockey people to help me out here. I want to know where everyone else is. Red, yellow, green, or full Patrick Kane, you think they can win Stanley Cup number 12. Something else he said in the post-game interview that we played. 12, uh, the depth. The depth. 12 different players on this team have scored 10-plus goals. Okay? Maybe they don't have the superstar that the Maple Leafs do. Maybe maybe they don't have the leading goal scorer in the NHL. We can debate whether Patrick Kane is still a superstar. I still think he's a star. We can debate whether Dylan Larkin's a superstar or not. He's a star to this town. Alex Dabrinkit, same, same situation. Hometown kid. All I know is this team has a bunch of guys that can come up and step up when they, we need them to the most. When the team is itching for a goal, someone's going to be there. And they have experience on top of being very young. All these foundational pieces finally coming together. All the draft picks finally look like they're about to see playoff hockey for the first time. You have a great mix of youth and experience. Patrick Kane has won a cup. JT Comper won a cup with the Avalanche. Alex Dabrinkit, obviously with Patrick Kane, won the cup. Jeff Petrie has been to the Stanley Cup Finals. The older players have been rejuvenated by the younger players, and the younger players are playing like experienced vets because of the older guys. The depth on this team is sensational, and the schedule, in fact, does favor the Red Wings. 26 games remain on the season. Nine of those are against playoff teams. 17 of them are against non-playoff teams. So to think that they can't, To eliminate them from the possibility of climbing into a top three spot in the Atlantic division, which would mean home ice for the first round of the playoffs, I think would be crazy. You can't rule them out. And I'll be the first to admit, the Leaves are playing better hockey than anyone else right now in the NHL. They are on fire. Winners of six straight and during that six-game stretch, outscoring their opponents 34-14. to 34 to 14. That's Stanley Cup level hockey. But they don't have as favorable as a schedule as the rings do as the Red Wings do moving forward. More on that in just a second. You can't count the Red Wings out to finish as a top 3 team. You get home ice advantage if you do. On at home this year in LCA, they're 16, 8 and 5. On the road, 14, 12 and 1. And by the way, before we get into anything else, shout out to everyone at LCA last night. The Red Wings hadn't beaten the Avalanche in since 2017. They were 0-8-2 against him in the past 10 games. And last night in LCA, you guys rocked. That felt like a playoff game, watching it. That sounds like a playoff game when you listen to it back. All the players thought it was a playoff atmosphere. This town, hockey town, is starving 
for playoff hockey. Okay? All you have to do is make the bracket. And this team, this city, this arena is going to be rocking. It has been eight years since we've seen postseason hockey in Detroit. LCA has been open for just seven seasons. We haven't seen playoff hockey yet in this arena that was built for this team. The only playoffs we've seen in the LCA is Giannis coming to town and beating the piss out of the Pistons for four straight games. The Red Wings are six points out from the Leafs from having a top three spot, which would mean home ice advantage. They have a six-point cushion over the next team. Uh, They're a six-game cushion in terms of holding on to that wild card spot. So where's your confidence level at with this team? Red, fearful they're going to blow it. Yellow, they're going to make it, but that's it. Green, you think they can win a playoff series or your full Patrick Kane? We've got a chance to win a Stanley Cup. 989-837-6125. You guys can use the Frick Sports Bar text line to send in a mitt message. We'll hit that in a little bit. Cannot count this team out. Red Wings hockey officially back. Let's go, Red Wings. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. Red Wings hockey officially back. We're counting them as a team that we expect to be in the playoffs. Odds, sports books, they would suggest the same thing. They are minus 225 to now make the playoffs with a six-point lead a six-point cushion uh, in one of those wild-card spots. They do have the top one as we speak right now. You're six games away from being in a top-three spot after that win against the Avalanche last night. Boy, oh boy, LCA was electric. You can't count this team out, ever. Ever. Ten comeback wins in the NHL. You heard that in the open if you missed it. Awesome job by the Bally Sports crew. Ten comeback wins, it's the most in the NHL. Even when you're down in the third period, have no fear. You have the seventh most goals in all of hockey in that period. And do not see this team on the power play. I promise you, you don't want it. One out of four times, they go on the pee-pee. They score a goal. 23% of the time. And in controversy to that, they're allowing the 11th least amount of power play goals this season. So the defense on the power play has actually been, I don't want to say sensational, but above average. They've dominated the power play. They score goals at a ridiculous rate, the six most goals in the NHL. This is a playoff team. So where's your confidence level at? 989-837-6125. Are you red? Think they're going to blow it. Yellow, they'll make it. Green, they can go beyond that. Or full Patrick Kane. You think they can win a playoff series or a whole Stanley Cup? I'm sitting at a green right now. I don't expect this team to make a Stanley Cup run, but I do think they can win a playoff series based on the depth that we talked about. Okay, there's a lot of experience on this team. The youth mixture between the experience and the youth, it, it's something else. The vets that have played in Stanley Cups that have gone on playoff runs, it's like they've been rejuvenized. And the young guys, well, they get to play with all these vets. They're playing at a much higher level. Most Sider's no longer a young guy. Okay? All these guys on the wings. Lucas Raymond, no longer a young buck. Playing some of the best hockey he's played all season long. 
This is a team that's ready to make a move. Maybe they don't have a star, but they have a full hockey roster that's capable of winning playoff games. That's capable of beating anybody. They're going to score goals. And the way they're playing defense the last two months is playoff-type hockey. So I'm sitting at a green. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to do something in the playoffs. That's the expectation now for me. 989-837-6125. And I do have to admit something. It's starting to get that time of year where I'm scoreboard watching. When your team's not in the playoffs, none of those games matter. You got to take care of business and win your own games. But now I'm starting to, all right, let's open up the hockey, the NHL app. Let's check some scores out. And last night I'm sitting there like, oh my God, the Islanders lost. The Devils lost. The Lightning lost. Now you have a six-game cushion or a six-point cushion over every other team that's trying to fight into a wild card spot. All right, let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. Logan from Mount Pleasant chiming in. Yellow, seen this time and time again where we are keeping our record-setting playoff streak alive. While we have an easy schedule moving forward, I don't see us moving from that wild card spot, um, which because of the recent history of this team, which leads, me to, which leads to a not-so-great matchup. Well, Logan, if you want to make it out of the wild card spot, because you want home ice advantage. Yeah, you got to be a top three seed uh, or a top three team in the Atlantic Conference. Now, I, I went and investigated a little bit into this. I took a deeper dive into the opponent's schedule along with our schedule. So if you go to tankathon.com, you can look at everyone else's remaining strength of schedule. Detroit, like we talked about earlier, 26 games left. Nine of those are against playoff teams. 17 of those are against non-playoff teams. Detroit has the eighth easiest schedule moving forward. Now, Tampa, the second wildcard team, they have the 12th easiest schedule. But if you go look at Toronto, who, like I said, on fire, playing the best hockey of anyone in the NHL right now, winners of six straight, blowing teams out of the water on a nightly basis, they have the fourth hardest schedule remaining in hockey. Okay, they're not going to keep this up. They're not going to keep outscoring their opponent by four goals. They're not going to keep covering the puck line every single night. Eventually, they're going to cool down. And that right there is when the Red Wings have to heat up. With the eighth easiest schedule left, I don't think it's impossible to say that they can squeak into this thing if they keep playing defense at this level. And if you want to get really crazy, if you go look at the Panthers, who are second in the Atlantic They have 78 points, 12 more than the Wings. It's a long way to go, but they have the seventh hardest schedule left. So I do think the Red Wings are going to be able to at least threaten to take a top three seed, have home ice advantage, you get LCA rocking. That's going to matter. Upcoming schedule up until the trade deadline. You're at home against the Blues tomorrow at noon. They have 62 points compared to the Red Wings' uh, 66 On Sunday, you have the back-to-back. You're in Chicago. They're terrible. Worst team in the league. You're home for three games in a row. Capitals, 60 points. Islanders, 60 points. Two more opportunities to build a cushion on top of your... uh, Build more of a cushion for the wild card spot. Then you take on the Panthers. 78 points. I guess an opportunity to gain ground if you want to look at it that way. And then the Avalanche again, who you just knocked off last night for the first time since 2017. Mostly... 
because I think that crowd in LCA was electric. And of course, you have Showtime. Patrick Kane comes in clutch. Once again, we've seen it so many times in his career, his third game-winning goal of the season. And by the way, shout out Dylan Larkin on that play. Dylan Larkin draws two guys, just turns into the turns on the fifth gear, perfect pass back to Patrick, and you know Patrick's going to finish it. That's showtime, baby. Uh, 989-837-6125. You guys can text into the Frick Sports Bar text line. One more thing on the wings. I think they have the most bizarre tradition in all of sports. I get it. It's fun. The octopus has come out three straight games, thrown onto the ice. But it's it's just so mind-boggling that people actually do this. Like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing the videos of it. It'd be fun if you were there. But who's actually going to buy an octopus and saran wrapping it to their belly and not only getting through security, like you drive to the game like that, you get through security, and then you sit in your seat with an octopus strapped to your stomach for the entire game until they win. And they might not even win. So you might have just strapped an octopus to your torso for nothing. It is the most bizarre tradition in all of sports, and I love it. Also, maybe this is a naive question. Where do people get these octopuses? Octopi? Is that the correct way to say it? Octopi? Where are people getting these? Can you just go buy octopi at the store? I, I, I wasn't aware of this. I think it's the best tradition in sports. I mean, you have the Lambo Leap, which secretly happens at every stadium. They just, for some reason, coin it. Auburn's War Eagle is really cool. They have an eagle that flies over the stadium before every football game. Terrible towels, I guess, are cool if you live in Pittsburgh. Uh, Taylor University, that's another good one. They have Silent Night. Stadium's completely silent until a team gets to 10 points. That one's fun. Uh, in arena basketball. And then Clemson, the running down the hill tradition. That one I'm convinced is solely for Dabo Sweeney to be on TV. He is the biggest camera. Gosh, I hate that guy. 989-837-6125. Best tradition in sports. Red Wings throwing the octopi onto the, onto the ice. Do you believe that this is a real playoff team? Where is your confidence meter at? Uh, we'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a little bit. There's also... A Detroit coach who is maliciously with intent sabotaging their organization. You can probably guess who it is. That's coming up next on The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, here's what we got planned. Uh, Coming up at 642, we're going to do an NFL, actually, Scratch that. We're not going to do an NFL mock draft. This is a local sports show. This is for the people of Michigan. It's going to be a Lions mock draft. I've got four picks for you, three rounds. I think you guys are going to like it. Second pick, I don't know. People might have a problem with that one. That's coming up at 642. But before we do that, I just have to address something one more time, and then we'll be done. I promise. We never have to look at it again. We never have to talk about it again. But Monty Williams, boy, oh boy. I don't think it would be an understatement to say he is sabotaging this team with malicious intent. In fact, I think he wants to be fired. I'm not saying that as hyperbole. I'm not saying that as a radio host that's trying to get clicks or listens. 
I legitimately believe Monty Williams wants to be fired and no longer wants to coach the Pistons. Because let's just be clear about one thing. Highest paid coach ever, for some godforsaken reason, he gets fired, he's still getting paid. He can go to the beach, sip on a a mimosa, get a pedicure, and go live in the sunset for the rest of his life, and he'll be fine. Because Tom Gores is still going to have to pay him. I think he wants to be fired. If he wanted to keep this job, there is simply no way he would be taking action the way he is. Because the Pacers last night legitimately toyed with the Pistons. They were off for an entire week due to the All-Star break. You had beef over the All-Star break. Jaden Ivey and Benedict Matherin getting into it. Tyrese Halliburton throws your franchise off of a cliff, then pours gasoline and a match on top of it, and you roll over and die. Now, this wasn't just on the players. In fact, very little of it was. Because when Monty Williams, over All-Star Weekend, says, quote, I'm not going to be throwing together combinations on the floor just to be looking at certain combinations. We're done with that, in my opinion. We're trying to develop guys, for sure. But we're going to try and win every single game we can so that we can actually create what we feel will give us momentum heading into the summer. End quote. So you're done with the com- you're, you're done with throwing lineups together. You actually have your rotation set for once. You're going to play 9-10 guys instead of playing your entire roster. That's what he says. Then actuality rolls in, and we see how much of a liar this guy actually is. Simone Fontecchio, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, James Wiseman, and Shake Milton. That was a real lineup they played yesterday. And I know what almost everyone in their car is thinking right now. Who the F are those guys? Exactly. Who's supposed to dribble the ball up? Who's supposed to score? Who's supposed to do anything when you throw together five guys that would be lucky to make an NBA roster next season? That's the kind of garbage that Monty Williams is pulling right in front of our eyes. Tell me he does not want to be fired when he throws out that lineup. 13 minutes into the game, this clown played 11 guys. Most NBA coaches play 9-10 guys max. And in the first 13 minutes, this dude played 11 guys. Four of those guys won't be on an NBA team next year. Evan Fournier, who most people know for having a bad contract, the worst contract in basketball, rather than actually being good at the sport, played eight more minutes than Marcus Sasser last night. Marcus Sasser's damn near averaging 50, 40, 90. You don't know what that means? 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Could be the first rookie of all time to do it. But Evan Bum Fournier is playing eight more minutes than him per game. Marcus Sasser's going to win six man of the year one year would be my prediction. He comes in and scores. That's all he does. He comes in and gets buckets. And every time you think, well, that's not sustainable, he just does it again. But for some reason, Evan Fournier's the third guard on this team. You get rid of one bum French guard, Killian Hayes, and you instantly bring in another one to take minutes from our young guys. What the hell is Monty Williams doing? James Wiseman plays 18 minutes last night. 
Doesn't seem like a whole lot until you realize that's 18 entire more minutes than Mike Muscala. I know what everyone's thinking. Who the hell is Mike Muscala? Well, Mike Muscala is someone who comes in and shoots 38% from downtown. What does Wiseman shoot from behind the arc this year? He's 0 for 2. That would result in 0% from behind the arc. So somebody asks Monty Williams, why are you playing Wiseman? And Monty Williams says, it's because of what Wiseman brings to the table defensively. A chimpanzee could get on a computer right now and see that the Pistons have a better defensive rating when Muscala's on the court compared to when Wiseman's on the court. So why is Wiseman playing again? For defense. I don't know what Monty does when the Pistons aren't on, but it's sure as hell not watch tape. Cade Cunningham last night, who he just refuses to play more than 33 minutes a game. He's young. He can play 35 minutes a game. He can play 36 minutes a game. He can play 37 minutes per game when you need him to. But instead, he plays 13 minutes in the first half. That's the least amount of any starter on this team. That's the franchise player who can't outplay Evan freaking Fournier in the first half of a game. It's mind-boggling. I don't understand. You're setting these guys up to fail, not only on the basketball court, but their lives. How are these guys supposed to earn contracts? How are these guys supposed to earn money and make contracts? How are their agents supposed to get to work when you are ruining, sabotaging their careers? Why don't you just stagger Cade and Ivy? Oh my God, it's like I'm a rocket scientist, I feel like. You alter the two best players on the team's minutes and maybe good things might happen. Last night, Cade and Ivy are the only two guys on the entire team to have a positive plus minus. Cade Cunningham goes for 38 and 5. Fantastic game from the franchise player, but you only play him 13 minutes a game. Ivy, plus 6, goes 14, 3, and 2. Why are those the only two guys to go positive? Because they check in at the same time. Because they never play more than a minute without each other. It's like they're attached at the hip. It's like, oh my God. Cade's in. I have to put Monty in. They're best friends. They're brothers. They can play without each other. Stagger the minutes. And maybe, just maybe, you won't have to play an all-bench lineup that instantly gets outscored 10-0 to in four minutes. He's throwing garbage at a wall and seeing what sticks in real time. There is no rhyme and there is no reason to his method of chaos. His player development, the lot. I've got a bunch of numbers for you. 18, 9, 29, 32, 37, 14, 17, 23, 10. Anybody got a guess as to what those numbers are? Those are Marcus Sasser's minutes in the last 10 games. How is this guy supposed to develop as a player when he goes 18 minutes one night, 9 minutes the next, 37 minutes one night, 10 minutes the next? It makes zero sense. I'm not saying I could be the head coach of the Pistons, but I could come up with something more consistent than that. It doesn't take Albert Einstein to figure out that you don't have to play Evan Fournier 18 minutes a game. Okay? He wasn't playing for the Knicks. He wasn't getting in the rotation. 
So why does he magically get to come here and steal Marcus Sasser's minutes? The one game that Monty Williams was forced to play all the young guys, Trailblazers a couple weeks ago, the one game he didn't have all these options because it was fresh off the trade deadline, you moved on from a bunch of guys, all the guys you brought in weren't ready to play yet, you forced him to close with Cade, Ivy, Sasser, Duran, and Asar Thompson. The five guys Troy Weaver has drafted. And you won the game. They played fantastic together. I thought, I told y'all, this is going to be different. The young guys actually get to play together now that Boyan and Burks aren't chucking up bricks as soon as they come into the game. That should have been what happened after the trade deadline. But for some reason, Malachi Flynn's in the game. Nobody knows who Malachi Flynn is. So why is he in the game? I don't understand. Troy Weaver, hang with me for a second. I'm going to attempt to pull something off. Troy Weaver must be feeling like Iron Man in Infinity War. What do I mean by that? You remember the scene where they just about had the gauntlet off Thanos? Remember the scene where they just about had it done? The plan almost worked. It was right there. Troy Weaver drafted those five guys. They've played fantastic together. Those are five guys I actually think will have great careers in the NBA. But then you have this dumb, dumb human being in Monty Williams. Peter Quill in this situation. Who just comes in and ruins the entire plan. Oh, I know you've given me five great pieces. But here's Malachi Flynn and Evan Fournier together. What's Troy Weaver supposed to do? I'm not trying to apologize for Troy Weaver. I don't think he's the answer here. I don't think Troy Weaver is the long-term dude, this genius GM. But I, I think Troy Weaver could trade for LeBron tomorrow, and he, Monty Williams still might play Evan Fournier 26 minutes a game. Malachi Flynn might play over LeBron. James Wiseman would get more minutes than LeBron. It doesn't make sense. There's no rhyme or reason for what he does. And last night was the most embarrassing game of the entire season. And that's saying something. What, the Pistons have played approximately 50 games this year? I've probably watched 42 of them. I rarely miss the game. I think I'm done. That was putrid last night. They rolled over. They died. The Pacers made fun of us in real time as they were playing basketball. They laughed at us. They were joking around playing basketball and still whooping our ass. I'm done. And I say that, and it's funny, because I'm going to the game tomorrow. Should I bring a paper bag, Ben? He's not in his head. I think I might. I think I have to bring the paper bag, because I can't watch this anymore. I'm done. It's been 10 years of not only mediocrity, but just horrendous, putrid, disgusting basketball. They could win out the rest of the year, and they still wouldn't catch any team in the NBA in wins in the last decade. They are significantly levels worse than everybody else. Not just on the court, but off the court too. Tom Gore should be ashamed of what he's built, who he's hired. Finally showed up on TV in the West Coast trip because God forbid he ever comes to the city that he owns an NBA franchise in. This is the worst run organization in sports. They don't do anything right 
and it is mind-boggling that they even still have fans. So if you haven't tuned into a single second of Pistons basketball this year, I envy you. You're lucky. Because the effort that they put on the court on a nightly basis is worse than anything I've ever seen before. So they're done. We buried Michigan basketball. We're not talking about them anymore. I'm doing the same thing to the Pistons. Dramatic noise. Ooh, goodbye. We're all black. We're never going to talk about you again. Hopefully, I, hopefully, you know what they're going to do? They're going to win tomorrow. I'm going to show up. They're going to play their best game of the year. They're going to win. Beat Orlando. I'll be there. 989-837-6125. All right. Uh, we still got to make some money. Kind of on a little bit of a hot streak. And I've got a three-round mock draft for everyone that I'm very excited to share. This first pick, I don't think, I, don't, I think it's going to be a, kind of a surprise to a lot of people out there. But when it happens, I don't want anyone to be alarmed. That's coming up on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Thanks. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Pit. 989-837-6125. If you guys want to use the Frick Sports Bar text line to send in a mitt message during this mock draft, let us know who you would take with the 29th overall pick. Let us know what you think about our mock draft. Uh, maybe we'll post it on the socials. You guys can follow us there at 100.9, uh, The Mitt, Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt on Facebook. You guys are great on there. Okay, before we get to the mock draft, we've got to take care of a little bit of business. Let's make some money. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, Jade and Ivy put up, I know he had the positive plus minus, didn't really give us what we needed to last night. Uh, we took his PRA, points, rebounds, assists, over at 26.5. Did not hit. I think that makes us. that does make us 2-2 two and two for the week. So all we have to do is win today. And it's a successful week. Today, we're heading back to the association. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Over 28.5 points. Let's not overthink this. He averages 30 a game. Now, why is his over-under at 28.5? Well, the Timberwolves, who they're playing tonight, 10 o'clock, ESPN. Not saying you have to watch this game. It's on late. Timberwolves have the best defensive rating in the NBA. Rudy Gobert has the best single defensive player rating in the NBA. I don't care. Giannis is hungry. This is his first game back after the All-Star break. I think he secretly embraces these matchups with Rudy Gobert and absolutely loves giving him buckets. I think we see him go at Rudy a little bit tonight. Uh, they played last year, and there was a game where Giannis shot 20 free throws. 20, because he just kept attacking Rudy over and over and over again. Problem is, he only made 10 of them. So if he gets to the line tonight, if it's one of those type of games, just got to hope he makes his free throws. Uh, I get it. It's part of the reason nobody likes the NBA. A whole lot of free throws, a whole lot of fouls. Listen, I'm not asking you to watch these games. I'm just telling you what I'm betting on. That right there is my... Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, we're just... Over two months away from the NFL draft, April 27th, coming right here to the state of Michigan, downtown Detroit. It's going to be fantastic. Who are the Lions going to take with the 29th overall pick? I've got a three-round mock for you. You guys can text in. Tell me how you think about it. Three rounds, four picks. Thanks, Minnesota. Give me the music. All right. I think we're going to do this a little bit better than we did a couple days ago. Uh, the 29th overall pick. It's going to be Zach Frazier. 
center slash guard from West Virginia. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. Corner! Corner, corner, corner! Edge, edge, edge! No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's relax a little bit. I'm going to explain why this is the right pick. So Zach Frazier played both center and guard for West Virginia. So you re-sign Glasgow. You let Jonah Jackson walk because you know he's going to get overpaid. And you know he's only going to play nine games next season for whatever team decides to overpay him. So you let him walk. You re-sign Glasgow. You draft Zach Frazier. And you still have the best offensive line in football. And you didn't have to pay Jonah Jackson. In fact, you get someone for the next four years who's going to be relatively cheap. You bring in youth. Start to regenerate guys on the offensive line. Make sure that it's sustainable over the next few years. Because there's only so many elite offensive linemen that come into the NFL every single year. Like, you understand the fact that the first-round guys, a lot of them are guarantee hits. It's only like a few of those in the draft every year. Zach Frazier is kind of viewed as one of those guys. You draft him, you know what you're getting, you're getting a dog. Best interior lineman in the draft. Still have the best offensive line in the... NFL, if you take them, has the flexibility to play multiple positions. So you have Graham Glasgow, uh, Zach Frazier, Frank Ragnow, all kind of interchangeable for when Frank Ragnow misses time, which he's never played a full regular season, a 17 game regular season, that is. So you have to take that into account. His senior season played 806 snaps, only allowed zero sacks. He'll fit right in. One of his strengths regarding the run game, quote, Nasty demeanor and killer instinct. That's a guy I want on the Lions. He does have a wrestling background. And by the way, every single wrestler, if you know a wrestler, you know that's a Brad Holmes guy. That's a Dan Campbell guy. That's a gritty dude. Uh, wrestling background translates the ability to hold and manipulate guys on the block. Agile, strong, accurate, all words to describe him, meaning he lands blocks at the second level or whenever he's pulling consistently. One scout even writes, exudes a grinder mentality with consistent finishers approach to maximize play outcomes. That's a dog. That's grit. I will take Zach Frazier gladly with the 29th pick. It's not flashy. It's not going to steal headlines. It might even get us a bad grade. Remember that when we hit a C-plus grade last year on most accounts? Ended up being a pretty good draft. All right. This one might even be more controversial. With the 67th pick, I'm sorry, with the 61st pick in the NFL draft, second round, the Detroit Lions select Johnny Wilson, wide receiver, Florida State. If you've watched Florida State over the past couple of years, just one game, you know exactly who I'm talking about because he's impossible to miss. Think Mike Evans, but bigger. Mike Evans, like 6'5. Johnny Wilson's 6'7. Okay? The Lions are missing that big target in the receiving game on the outside. Someone to throw jump balls to up the sideline, someone to toss it to in the red zone. Lions don't have that right now. Their closest thing to it is Josh Reynolds, and he's a pending free agent. And listen, I'm someone who advocates for re-signing Josh Reynolds, but there's a scenario where he walks away, takes money elsewhere. I'm sorry, I'm not very comfortable with Donovan Peoples-Jones being the wide receiver three. I love Khalif Raymond, but he's not an X receiver. Can't have J-Mo, Amon-Ra, and Khalif as your three receivers out there. You got no size. 
So you draft Johnny Wilson. This is someone who's going to give defensive coordinators headaches because you simply can't put an undersized corner on him because he's enormous. Now listen, I get it. I know what everyone's thinking in their car. We already have Laporta. We already have Amon Ross St. Brown. Monty Williams. Jameer Gibbs. David Montgomery. Not Monty Williams! Damn it! Why do I always do that? David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs. Jamo, You have them all on offense. Cool. Now you have another guy that defenses have to worry about. Can never have enough weapons. How's a defense going to stop that? If you add Johnny Wilson to the mix. This is how you go from having a top five offense to the best offense in football. This is how you go from borderline unstoppable to legitimately unstoppable. Third and one at the goal line. Good luck. Good luck, everybody else. We can either run it up your throat with David Montgomery, pitch it out to Jameer, J-Mo can go on a little out route, Amon Rock can cook anybody, and now you have two big boys, Sam Laporta, Johnny Wilson. Best offense in the NFL all of a sudden. Huh. Where's the defense? Where's the defense? You have to draft defense. All right, I got you. And by the way, I, I get it. Defense is the need. But you lean into your strengths. It's what they did last year with Jameer Gibbs. You lean into the strengths, you get even better there, and you become unstoppable. Here's where you improve the defense. With the 73rd pick in the NFL draft. Thank you, Minnesota. Have fun paying TJ Hawkinson. We'll take Devondre Sweat. Tackle. Defensive tackle from Texas. Where's the edge? Where's the corner? A, be patient. B, there's such thing as free agency. And C, you just need a defensive tackle just as much as you need an edge. Okay? And if you draft a defensive tackle who can get after the quarterback, well then, two birds, one stone. Tavondre Sweat. 6'4", 362 pounds, just a monster of a human being. This is the absolute best of the best in the NFL draft in terms of run defense. What's the Lions' identity on defense? Run defense. Second best team in the NFL last season in stopping the run. Yards per carry, total yards, yards per game. Second best team only behind Chicago. You lean into your strengths again. You make it damn near impossible for anyone else to run the football on us. Now, you need a tackle just as much as you need an edge because you're losing Benito Jones. Broderick Martin might not be a real human being. Who knows if he'll ever be a piece to this team. Other than Ali McNeil, you've got nothing. PFF gave this guy a 91 defensive run grade last year in college football. Ali McNeil had the fifth best run defensive grade in all of football in the NFL last year. Now they're lining up next to each other. Dot, dot, dot. NFC North running backs suddenly become scared. Dot, dot, dot. Aaron Glenn can now do what Aaron Glenn does best. Dot, dot, dot. Blitz defensive backs off the edge to generate a pass rush because ain't nobody running the football on us anymore. He can get after the quarterback just a little bit too. 26 carries, six batted passes, two sacks last season. That's not enough sacks, bro. Aiden Hutchinson needs help, man. Lee McNeil only had one sack his senior year at North Carolina State. He's turned into a pretty nice player on the inside. You pair those two up, all of a sudden, you're stealing bodies away from the offensive line in terms of helping out on Hutch. You're going to be just fine. And again, you can sign someone in free agency. 92nd overall, this is actually the Lions' third-round pick. Again, shout-out Minnesota. 92nd pick, last pick we'll do for this little three-round mock draft. Maybe we'll do another one of these next week. Um... 
92nd overall, the Detroit Lions select Cam Hart, Notre Dame corner. There it is. There's your corner that you've been asking for. 6'2", 205 pounds, just this huge outside presence. Opposing quarterbacks had a 67 uh, 67 rating when targeting him last season. Has the quickness to cover slot receivers if you need them to with that size. That's a really unique trait. Tremendous athlete, long strides, big speed, won't get beat deep. Has the agility, has the athleticism to play zone, can stick with guys up the field in man. Shreds blockers with ease due to this freak strength. I mean, go look at this guy's going to kill it at the combine. His broad jump. All that measurable stuff. It's unreal how much of an athlete he is. Shakes blocks, plays the run game well. Physical dude, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell type player. Grit. What's the knock on him? He's a bit handsy down the field. Might get a flag or two thrown on him. We can coach that out of him. He's a ridiculously gifted athlete for being projected towards the end of the third round. High upside guy. All right. There you have it. Three round NFL mock draft. Uh, We've got three minutes left. I wanted to touch on something I talked about yesterday. There are probably zero people out there that care. That's fine. I have to bring it up. Uh, Last year, or yesterday, I was talking to Hudson, who was producing yesterday, and we talked about that basketball game I had last night. High-intensity, playoff atmosphere. What's going to happen? said I wanted to lock up the best guy on the team. We got mercied. We were down by 30 with 10 minutes left, and they just called the game. I got tormented by a a former college basketball player. He was just someone who played at like a community college. He he just annihilated me. It wasn't close. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Um, Ben! (laughs) Yeah, humbling, to say the least. Uh, So there's that. Uh, ended up going to the bar. I mean, I told you guys yesterday, if we lost, I'd be thinking about it all night, thinking about what I could have done better. There was nothing I could have done. Like, I literally tormented me for, it should have been a 40-minute game, only ended up being 30 minutes because, well, <laughs> they mercied us. And it was so apparent it was over in, like, the first four minutes of the game when it was, like, 17-4. to four. I looked up at the scoreboard. I was like, well, that's not good. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for today's show. You guys can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter uh, at 100.9 The Mitts. You guys can follow me at Bosher Ben. Shout out Ben Clevenger for producing for us today. We're going to be back on Monday. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm going to be at the Pistons game tomorrow. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm sure I'll be complaining about it there. I think I'm going to bring the paper bags. I think it's time to, it's paper bag season in LCA. Only for the Pistons. For the Wings, on the other hand, They're back. Let's go Red Wings. L-G-R-W. Thanks for listening to the payoff, guys. I hope it was worth it.